welcome again to Gethsemane Sundays from Gethsemane Lutheran Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Our presiding minister is Reverend Deborah Muter, music by Aaron Smith. The following sermon was recorded on March 14th, 2021. According to St. John, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so, here, join me on this one, you know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe in him are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. As I often do, I want to encourage you on this gospel reading to consider what comes before and what comes after. That's important when you read the gospels. If you wrote a story for someone and they only picked out one part and read it, or even worse, just one verse, the one we read together, you'd say, well, wait, there's so much more to the story, and there truly is. So just a little bit of information about the before and after. Before these verses in John 3, 1 through 13, Jesus is having a visit that he has received from Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, a member of the Jewish ruling council, a man with privilege and position in society who sneaks out at night to come visit Jesus. He was a person who really probably wouldn't have gotten in much trouble, maybe would have been ridiculed a little bit and could have defended himself, but he sneaks out at night and goes to see Jesus to talk about theology with him. He has some questions, and he obviously thinks that Jesus has some answers, and of course we know that Jesus did and does have those answers. And that's where we get this, these verses here are some of the things that Jesus has said to Nicodemus and shared with him, including that famous, probably most famous from the New Testament Bible verse. If you didn't already know it and watched a football game, at least you'd see it there, right? You remember football, right? Okay, this is not the year probably to make references to football, but John 3.16, and you all know it. We read it maybe a little bit differently because we probably all memorized it a little bit differently than that. I had the whosoever's in the version that I, that I uh, uh, memorized. But we know it, the gospel in a nutshell. 
That's not what I'm preaching on today. It's important, but I do say, if you're focusing on John 3.16, at least go to the trouble to read 17 also. Very important. Okay, so Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. They have this discussion. What comes before Nicodemus? What comes after is if you turn the page... Now, I'm not telling you about the rest of, of 22 through the rest of chapter 3 of John. You'll have to read that on your own. Let me know what you think. How's that for a little, you know, pique your interest? But John 4 starts another whole story, and this time, Nicodemus was the man. In this story, it's a woman. He was full of power and privilege and position in life, and she had anything but was a Samaritan woman, so she was the wrong race, the wrong gender, and also she'd been married several times, and according to the ongoing conversation that she has with Jesus, we even learn that she's living with a man that she's not married to, and she knows she's a sinner, and he does too. Nicodemus, of course, was a sinner as well, but in a different position. That's the way we look at things. So much different. Nicodemus at night, the Samaritan woman at high noon talking to Jesus, and she could have been in a lot of trouble for talking with him, just as he could have been as well for talking to her. And they also have a discussion of theology on either side. So these words that we have come to us in the middle of those, in between those two stories, and knowing that in between those two people. The other thing we have to look at that's pretty important is that interesting reading, thank you Terry for reading that to us, and also for reading the introduction that, that gives us a good, there you are, sorry, with masks, it takes me a minute, I know he's here, um, it, that gives, gave us a good idea about what was going on in this story. The people complained again. And it's kind of fun now to complain about the Israelites complaining, but you know what? We do it. You know we do it. Now, sometimes we complain about things that are pretty legitimate, but sometimes we just get tired of the same old stuff, and we don't really like the way life is. And that's what their problem was. They had been relieved of the terrible burden of being slaves in Egypt, set free, sent on their way, but then they grumbled and complained. And don't you love the line where they say, there's no food and water, and we detest this miserable food. Which is it? And, and really, there's probably a little bit of a translation issue. It's that we detest this miserable bread. They didn't know what to call it. Manna. That's what they called it. They were sick of manna. They were tired of eating the same thing every day, and they complained about it. And in their complaining then, God, as sometimes God does, did and does, got irritated and said, Really? Well, how about this? How about some poisonous, which also means, could mean fiery, but here's the reality. If you've ever been bit by a snake, I'm glad to say I haven't that I know of. If you've ever really been bitten by a snake, it could be poisonous or not, it burns, right? Anybody know this and can testify to that? Oh, okay. Have you ever treated a snake bite, doctor? Okay, well, we are just going to go from what we've heard then. So, but burning and misery that came from these snakes and even death. And I love in the, the introduction that you read where it says, the people repented. They didn't repent because they were sinning. They were like a kid or an adult who repented because they got caught. They got in trouble, right? They were miserable 
and then they were dying, and they went to Moses and said, have God fix this? And God sent, told Moses, put a serpent, make a poisonous serpent, an image of a poisonous serpent, set it on a pole, and everybody who's bitten can look at it and live. And do you hear that? You still get bitten by the snakes. It doesn't say the pole made the snakes go away. The misery, the problem, the trouble was still there. And the people had to do an act of obedience to God by looking at that serpent on the pole. God's so good to figure things out. We humans just, you know, we find a way around anything, right? So the serpent of bronze was placed up on the pole and if you're really curious, it's called a Nehushtan. Later on, there's a whole sermon in that. What happened to that, sermon, that serpent on the pole? They didn't just throw it away once they were done with it. There's more to that story. So if you want to know more and you can't find it on your own, let me know. But that's another whole sermon. I'll save that one for another time. Um, because I want to take this over to Jesus, pointing that out. That's what our gospel reading starts with. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And I want to tell you five ways that I see and understand, that we see and understand Jesus as lifted up. And there might be more. But first, lifted up, born, made visible so that we all can see him, and we would say to him, then, Christ, you see us, we see you, we see your life and what you have done for us, and we give you thanks. Lifted up, praised, adored, held up as a model. You might lift someone up as an example, not just to show, but to show this is the model, this is the thing to follow. And that is what Jesus' life was for us. And we say to him, Jesus, our Lord, we turn to you so that we may follow not just follow behind him, but follow his example and do what he has done. And lift it up, right here, on a cross, here and always. We don't always have the corpus up just during Lent, the body. It's always right here, though, if you take a closer look. Thank you, John. On the, on the processional cross, and if you haven't ever gotten a good look at this, come take a look at it after worship. Same image here and there. Lifted up for all to see, on the cross, crucified and dying, condemned, as I talked about with the kids, mocked. At that point, we say, Christ, we confess that we are part of your suffering, that our sins helped bring you to the cross. Number four, lifted up, raised from the dead. After this, after this, on Easter, Jesus raised from the dead to new life, lifted up to new life that we have been promised to, to enjoy as well in eternity. And we say to him, Christ, through your death and resurrection, lead us to this new life. Lead me to the new life that you have given me. And the one I admit that I sometimes forget, because I'll say Jesus died on the cross and was raised again, and sometimes I forget to say what we say in the creed every time, and that's the fifth lifted up that I have, ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus was raised on Easter, but on ascension, he went up to be with God the Father for all eternity. 
where he watches over us, where he, yes, judges us, judges all of humanity with the compassion of someone who was willing to die and paid the price. And so for that one, we say, Christ, you reign triumphant forever. So this Jesus to whom we are supposed to listen, to whom we're supposed to follow, we follow, we listen, we follow, we know that he has been lifted up. And for that, we give thanks to God. Amen. has been a Wing Shout production.